Thursday, December 14, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe the gospel, my friends. I'm going to be taking a chance today. I'm absolutely going to be taking a chance. The chance, the risk that I'm taking is I'm going to, I'm going to show how to wage war for the law in the modern era. And I hope it makes sense. I hope it makes sense. I want to begin with Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4, if I may, that reads, Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. So if you don't have any ox, if you have no oxen, there's no poop where the ox would be. So if you've got a barn, there's no poop where the, the crib is. Where the, where the ox go, if you have no ox, there's no poop. Right? The crib is clean. You don't need to sweep it. You don't need to feed them. You don't need to clean up after them. You don't need to do nothing. But with oxen comes great increase. Right, Much increase is by the strength of the ox. So the strength of the ox to do the work, which allows the increase, comes with stuff that you got to be cleaning up. So if you're going to do things and produce and, and cause you know, uh, stuff... There's going to be a cleanup. Lord willing, I will show the nitty gritty behind the scenes how to unravel what the law is. I want to see if I can for, uh, frame this the right way. Right now, there is uh, the debate and the passage of the National Defense Authorization Act. The National Defense Authorization Act, if you just Google it, it's got FISA courts, which are hoax. It's got plush giveaways to all sorts of politically connected people. It is the boondoggle every single year. And it is the thing that is hijacked. It is the notion that we're not going to be safe as a nation if we don't pass the National Defense Authorization Act. we got to pay the troops. we got to have the planes and the bombs and the bullets. And every single year, the National Defense Authorization Act has become the, the, the weight. It's become the thing that is where everybody loads up all their crap full of goodies and pork barrel spending and godless commie agenda legislation. This is where it goes. This is where it goes because political conservatives who love America think that they need a really strong military in order to defend themselves. So what I want to do is I want to play a Chris from clip from I want to play a clip from Chris Miller, the former Secretary of Defense, that talks about how to war and where things are. Before I get to that, I want to point you to patriotswitch.com/jaren. Patriotswitch.com/jaren. This is the best way to help and bless what I do here. Patriotswitch.com/jaren allows you to take the money you're already spending and switch it over. You're already spending the money. Help American manufacturing get quality home products delivered right to your door. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Thank you very much. One of the ways that I want to do this, I want to set this thing up. The National Defense Authorization Act is this yearly repeating boondoggle full of pork barrel legislation and political connections. And the way that political conservatives are smashed in the face every year is we got to support the troops we got to pay the troops we got to have robust defense spending 
I'll just point out that Article 1, Section 8 points to the, uh, the U.S. Constitution says clause 12 to raise and support armies the congress has the power to raise and support armies but no appropriation to that use shall be for a longer term than two years and yet every single year we have a national defense authorization act so instead of just going with the political talking points, I would like to equip you with the talent and the skill by way of demonstrating how to pick at what they're actually doing. Because the podcasters, both the left and the right, will talk about all the stuff that's involved that they don't like. They'll talk about the FISA courts, which are bad. They'll talk about uh, the excessive spending. They'll talk about the CRTs. They'll talk about, I mean, all this stuff is being loaded up in defense spending. What? All this stuff is going on in defense spending. How does this happen? How have we got to this position? And yet you will have champions of political conservatism, the podcasters, the politicians. They'll say, well, I don't like the FISA court. Well, yeah, no foolish. I don't like the FISA court either. But the FISA court has its funding from the National Defense Authorization. I want to know where this stupid National Defense Authorization Act comes from. Where did y'all guys start doing this stuff? Why are you doing what you're doing? So I want to frame this with the Chris Miller clip. This is the former Secretary of Defense, former Special Forces officer, speaking about how the war is everywhere. Now the Q people will take this one way. The devolution people will take this one way. The military is control people will take this one way. I'm not intending it like that. He might be intending it like that. You might want him to be intending it like that. But I'm going to take this to try to cross-apply to the due diligence that, Lord willing, I will show you after, what is required to show, to, to see where things are. So with that, here's the Chris Miller clip. We have to retool for a, a different type of war that they are fighting, that we are refusing to accept, and we just want to go back to World War II. It's all we want. Like, just keep it clean. No, it's not clean anymore. It's everywhere. Rubbing my eyes. Um, now, Chris Miller is speaking about defense. He's speaking about the U.S. military. So he's talking about this World War II, it's us versus the Nazis, it's us versus the bad guys. Very clean, very simplistic, very reductive, very easy to understand. My first commentary is that's a criticism of our public education because we've allowed ourselves to be dumbed down to where history has been reduced to, we got to go fight the Nazis, which is why they call Trump a Nazi. That's why they call people like me a Nazi. That's why they call Christians Nazis. Because if Nazi is the worst thing in the world, whoever's the Nazi, that's who you smash. So all of public education and all of this neoliberal post-World War II political order is all fixated on World War II and the victory therein. Patriotism is anchored to World War II. The defense contractors are, are anchored to this presumption that we have to have a really big army in order to go win World War II. We got to fight two front wars. All of these notions are filling in the knowledge and the presumptions. So Chris Miller, former Special Forces officer, is saying how the U.S. military can't be fighting like that anymore because our enemies have gone electronic, our enemies have gone digital, our enemies have gone asymmetric. 
you see this, I saw this in Afghanistan, where we were the dominant military force on the ground for 20 years, but we lost. This shows that the military-industrial complex is overly large, it's ineffective, but it's very, very expensive. In order to keep this very large, ineffective, very expensive machine going, it has to keep getting money. It keeps getting money from the National Defense Authorization Act. Now, I will put one little pin in this because there will be people who look at Chris Miller, like I used to, and say he's doing something spectacular. He reorganized special forces under the Secretary of Defense, which had never been done, hasn't been undone. He retasked uh, certain things in the military. He changed things that don't, it doesn't, it's, I still don't have the explanation. But I'm not one that's going to look at this and say the military is in control whenever I recognize that the money that's paying the military is really reflective of something that's insidious, unlawful, and is more dangerous than the military being in control is good. And by the way, if you think that the military is in control, go find any of your state constitutions where it says that the military must be in strict control by the civil authorities. Always. So if the military is in control, it means the civil authorities aren't in control, which means the constitutions that require the civil authorities to always be in control aren't actually the law, which means that for the military to be in control, you don't have the constitution. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's garbage, by the way. Um, so what I want to do, Lord willing, is I want to show how to do this. I want to show how to do this. And I hope this makes sense. I, I really do hope this makes sense. We are going to start. Let me share my screen. We are going to start with a Google search. And I'm going to, uh, what, what I intend to do, what I intend to do is show from soup to nuts how to go about this. Right? So, so if, if we just type in um, the uh, NDAA, right, we get the news, right? We get the news of the National Defense Authorization Act. Now, the normal podcasters and everything will be like, the radical left is destroying America, right? Look at this, 886 billion defense policy Biden signed into law 44 minutes ago. So this is law. It's law right now. House passes sweeping defense policy bill that includes 5.2% pay raise for members of the military, right? Like Senate passes NDAA sending the bill to the House 14 hours ago. All of these things going on. Section 702 surveillance doesn't belong in the NDAA. This is... This is people, get off the site. Uh, this is uh, this is people saying, we need to be conservative. We gotta have political conservatism. You know, we don't want section 702 extension in the NDAA, that's bad. Which by the way, I, you know, I agree. But what I don't like is the fact that there's a freaking NDAA in the first place. Let's go to our constitution, shall we? Let's go to our US constitution. By the which way, it's not the only constitution. There are 50 state constitutions. You should go read them. But if we look up at Article 1, Section 8 of the U.S. Constitution, we will see the powers granted to the Congress. The power, the Congress shall have the power to, and then it goes on to say other things. What does the Congress have the power to? Well, in Clause 11, is to do what? To declare war. The Congress declares war. A Defense Authorization Act is not a declaration of war. It is promoting national defense. So now let's go into where this is. The very first thing you start with is the law. What are the granted powers of Congress? 
very first thing you do is you start with the Constitution. So you see something that's the, um, remember, we let's see something with the NDAA. ND, oh, no, not NDAA. NDAA. So you see this, and you're like, okay, where does this come from? Well, this is the National Defense Authorization Act. That's where this thing is. Okay, so we want the National Defense Authorization Act. A summary of the legislation could be found here, but we don't want that. What we want is the history. We want where does the, I'll just type in, where does the NDAA come from? Right? The National Defense Authorization Act is the name for each of the series of United States federal laws specifying the annual budget of expenditures of the U.S. Department of Defense. The first NDAA was passed in 1961. Okay, well, let's go to there. Here we go. The National Defense Authorization Act. The first NDAA was passed in 1961. That's what we want. We want the very first. We want the National Defense Authorization Act of 1961 we want the very first one the national defense authorization act of 1961 that's what we want it happened in um uh so it's it's the year look at this the congress oversees the defense budget primarily through two yearly bills now think about this if article one section eight here it is article one section eight says to raise and support armies but no appropriation of money to that use. What use? The raising and supporting of armies. So the, the Congress has the power to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. The, the, the founders did not want a standing army. See, you know that because the very next clause says to provide and maintain a navy. So they intended to have a maintained navy, which was permanent. But a standing army is not the intent of the founders. How do you know that? Because the appropriation of money, money you know, the financial, is not supposed to be longer than two years. No, you're two years at a time. But you notice how that's already been twisted because the National Defense Authorization Act is saying, no, it's, it's a yearly defense budget, which is built on the idea that we have to have a military fight to front war as we did in World War II. Do you see how these ideas are stacking up? All right, so what I wanna do now is I wanna go back to the very first one. No, that's not gonna take me there. History of the NDAA, there we go. History of the NDAA. History, 1962. Here's the very first one. Here we go. Public Law 8753 is the very first NDAA. Now, this, now what I'm doing here, what I'm doing here is I'm showing you how to walk through the process of figuring out where Congress tells the truth. Because Congress ain't telling the truth right now. It's, it's, it's loading up the National Defense Authorization Act with a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with national defense. So how does Congress load all this stuff up with national defense? Well, it, 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 it was an evolution. It developed somehow. Where did it come from? Public Law 8753, right here. To authorize appropriations for aircraft, missiles, and naval vessels for the armed forces and for other purposes. So the very first authorization act, the very first defense authorization act was for that reason. 
So then it's just a matter of looking it up. This is the law right here. Look at this. This is it. This is the very first. This is this this is the whole first NDAA, right there. One, two, three, four. Four little lines. Let's just just because I'm curious right now. Google, just because I want to do it. How many pages is the ND of 2023? Page count. No, that's last year. That's last year. Uh, no, okay, so so it'd be 424. National Defense Authorization, how long ago was it? Oh, there it was, it was in the other one. Look at that, 3,100 pages, right? 3,100 pages, 3,100 pages, let me jihad that. So CNN saying that it's nearly 3,100 pages. So the National Defense Authorization Act in 2024 is nearly 3,100 pages, right? And it's 886 billion. What does the Wayback Machine say, right? The Wayback Machine, this is right after World War II. This is 19, this is the fiscal year of 1962. The fiscal year of 1962, you had 211 million for the Army, 1.5 billion for the Marine Corps, 3.8 billion for the Air Force and uh, half a billion for, or uh, sorry, no, half a, you know, 3.8 billion for the Air Force. So it was about making jets. You could tell they really wanted to make jets, right? So this is the very first appropriate, uh, very first, uh, what's it called, um, Defense Authorization Act, right? This is, this is where it comes from. But there's something that's going to be in here that I don't like, uh, where did I get this? So this is the first one. I don't like that because it's tell it's not telling me. So that's six that's sixty that's sixty two. We want sixty one we want when sixty one was passed. The original. What's the original? And this and the, and what I'm what I'm this is the live stream, folks. I'm showing you how it's how it's done. I'm showing you what the process is for doing stuff because these people lie. These people lie and people need to know how to do this. So we want public law 8753. We want public law 8753. That's what we want. Public law public law 8753. And the objective we're doing is to find where they where they talk about stuff because what are we really doing here we're authorizing uh, appropriations when was the first time when was the first time congress um, authorized uh, weapons purchase timeline of gun control no that's not what we want um, Firearms Act, that's not what we want. What do we want? Um, because if it's 1961, history of the NDAA. No, can't do that. We've already looked at this. This isn't, this. there's gotta be something before. So Congress would have done this before. 
because it's it, it's going to say this came from wherever this came from something where did this come from and this and folks this is the risk i'm taking the risk i'm taking is that i don't know where this leads but what we're what we're trying to show what i'm trying to show is where does this come from how did i Nope, get out of that. Oh, look at that, National Wildlife Refuge. So they're exporting. They're sending this to their people. What was it? Um, where does the NDA come from? Let's do the, here it is. Original National Defense Authorization Act, right? And normally Wikipedia does a decent job of telling you kind of where it's coming from. It's sending stuff, appropriations bills. This isn't right. See, this is this is where they hide stuff. This is not, it's not, where does the NDA come from? Export Control Act. How did I get to that? Where did I get that from? So this is basically... All right, think through this. If they're doing the National Defense Authorization Act of 1961, that's what you have. You have this, but what is it? So defense authorization and appropriation bills. So this is the very. So this is this is basically the beginning. This is the beginning of the military industrial complex, and it comes from us building these things up. But where did it start doing these yearly expenditures? in order to do this stuff. And that's what we're that's what I'm trying to figure out is where did where did it get its stuff before um, before the national defense before the national defense. Um, uh, how did Congress procure arms before the NDAA? And folks, this, I mean, this is how, <laughs> this is how it looks. If people, if people are like, well, where do you get those answers? You, you gotta, you gotta look. That's 1993. We don't want that. We want, when did, in, no. First NDAA comes from 8753. Let's look at the second one. What does the second one say? This is 87, this is 87118. So see here, they're already, they're already telling you the first public law is 8753. So they're already doing more money. So they make something and then they make more money. But they're going to they're gonna tell you where it comes from. And that's what I have to find. Mm -hmm. What I have to find is where does this, where did this first, because Congress, Congress bought weapons before. 
um, first um, uh, first Congress um, funding of military military budget of the United States. What we're really talking about is when's the very first time when's the very first time Congress passed anything to fund the military? That's what we're looking for. Um, and and folks, I mean, what, what I'm what I'm trying to show, and maybe the, maybe this is the wrong way to do it. Maybe this is the wrong way to do it. Uh, and we can do we can do an explain sketch because it's it's just I it's I I have a um, because I know people are watching and listening. I have that weighing on the fact that I need to figure it out. Which is creating a, you know, just creating a pressure, because it's like, well, where is this military budget of the United States? We we want we want the history. We want to find when was the very first time uh, the U.S. Congress first the the first time Congress first time Congress funded the military, because what we're looking for is the history of it because okay let me let me let me let me transition to this let me take the screen off let me do um this camera up well no i, could, I guess i could do that then if i do the handheld and i do the handheld down there we go so we'll do this there's my there's my bible but what we'll do let me turn this off real fast um what we're looking for is the very first time We're looking for the very first time that Congress passed something so that we know the original legislative intent. When you learn the original legislative intent, you will learn the purpose of that. So here we have handy dandy thing. We've got our pen, right? We always start with the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the uh, the resurrection, right? The rock rolled away. Jesus came out of the grave because he conquered death Matthew 18 eight, or 28 18 through 20 Jesus said go when he said go he empowered people he empowered his church to go teach the world to obey his commands and what he gave us was he gave us rights the definition of rights one of them is power of free action because God wants you to freely uh, obey him. He wants your heart. And so with this, the people reserve the rights to themselves, right? They reserve the rights of life, liberty, liberty, property, etc. Then they created a big fat wall that you can't block. And then over here, they created the Constitution. This Constitution is an express public trust which means that is exactly what is written is the law and if it's not written it's not the law um, and so this constitution created a legislative branch it created an executive branch and it created a judicial branch so that is your frame of government and all of this and everything resulting is always to protect we the people's rights, always. And the only way that you can try those rights are in a court of record that moves by the common law. And my teacher in this is Dave Jose. So this is your frame of government. 
This is the things that are going on. Now, what's happening is that the Constitution says, and if we go to our um, screen, we go here. Let me turn the camera off there. The Constitution grants the Congress the power to what? To provide and maintain a Navy, to raise and support armies. So we've got, if we look at back our screen, the Congress, excuse me, the Constitution gives the legislature the power to raise and support armies. So that's its power. It's got the ability to what? Um, provide, maintain uh, our, um, Navy. And here, the idea is raise and support. Raise. So you're you're bringing from nothing, right? Like Jesus rose from the grave. He, he rose where he was dead. Now he's alive. So to raise and support, which, which means you're basically instituting and constituting a, uh, an army, which is different than providing and maintaining a navy. You see how this is implying that there's a, a permanence and this is only for a specific use? So the founders did not intend for us to have permanent war. Um, but there's other things. Um, there's the idea, and ultimately what I believe is happening, what I believe is happening is it's going to be regulating commerce, right? The power to regulate commerce. That's really where things get controlled. So Congress has the power to regulate commerce, which means to make regular and not to dominate. But see, you see that it's got the power to regulate commerce with the foreign nations, with among the several states and with the Indian tribes. Um, so if I go back to this, I really don't know where... The frustrating part, and this is how I don't know how to... I, I don't know how to backtrack, but off camera, I found that things came from the Export Control Act of 1940. I, and what, what, I, what I can't do, what I was trying to do, is I was trying to figure out I was trying to replicate that on camera and I didn't take notes. So before the show, before the live stream, I'm, I'm chasing, I'm searching out where this comes from. And I found, and this is where I, I can't, I can't show it because you have to consider there's no one else in the room with me. I'm looking at a camera. I'm talking in a microphone, knowing people are watching and will watch me trying to show them how I did it and I didn't write it down so now I'm trying to replicate it without knowing how I did it but now I know people are watching and I don't just want to sit here in silence for 15 minutes to scour the internet so the purpose of the live stream was to show you how the sausage is made how how things happen and ultimately what I'm trying to get at is when you understand where's my mouse there it is um, when you understand this, Congress is going to stand on its powers, right? And the Export Control Act of 1940 was a series of legislative efforts where the government was going to try to control the exports. Now think about this. This is the beginning of the Lend-Lease Act. This is where, and what I can't find, and this is ultimately where I stopped, Export Control Act original legislation. I cannot find that on the internet. I can find summaries of it. I can find people saying, you know, this is what it is, but I can't find it. And I, you don't, you don't go to .gov websites. You don't go to, um, you know, you don't go, you don't go to those things because they scrub them. They, they update it with codes. 
right? So you can get proclamations, which are not laws. You can get the Export Control Act of 1949. You can get all these different things, but you can't, I, well, I have not yet found where the exact uh, act is. This article is about the act for the Arms Export Control Act. See, see it's for the Arms Export Control Act of 1976. I want the Export Control Act of 1940. Because what happened with the Export Control Act of 1940, Congress made the decision to give arms and munitions to other nations for our defense. And it was, as, as I can tell, it was the first time that the U.S. Congress started giving arms to other nations to benefit America, which goes directly against what the Constitution grants Congress the power to do. Congress doesn't have the power to give arms and munitions to other nations. It doesn't have that. And what I'm what I'm absolutely willing to bet is that the Export Control Act, the Export Control Act of 1940, and this is what I haven't found, this is just my theory because I understand the frame. My theory is that the Export Control Act is some temporary regulatory grab on exports, which if you go back to your constitution, there is never, ever, ever any restriction. There's never any power granted to the legislature to control the exports of the states. So if the states are exporting stuff, the federal government can't stop them from exporting because the founders wanted people who could have the benefits of the right to life, liberty, property, which meant that states, so this is the federal government, this is the federal government here, but the people also created the 50 states. Right? And these 50 states are individual. They're, in, they're independent, free, they're free and independent, which means they are individually separate from the from the federal government and they all have their own constitutions so even the, and, and they're all express public trusts this means that every single state has its own state constitution and the, these state constitutions are where your rights and your liberties are really fleshed out go read your state constitutions go read the bill of rights in your states and you will find so many liberties and rights expressed in your state constitutions. Now consider this. If the states existed before the federal government, then the federal government does not have power over states. The federal government only has the power it was granted. So when the people created the states, they created the states in the same frame as the federal government. Constitution creates legislature, executive, judicial. These separate branches comes from Isaiah 33, what's it, 11? Is it Isaiah 33, 11? Let me check. Let me check what this is. Let me see. Let's see. Isaiah, Isaiah, I can't spell, 33, 11? can't type I can't spell uh, nope 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 let's just do Isaiah 33 no, it's 22 22 Isaiah 33 22 yep there it is Isaiah 33 for the Lord is our judge that's judicial the Lord is our lawgiver that's the legislative the Lord is our king that's the executive so the three branches of the federal government are inspired by and come from the the, the Bible thir uh, Isaiah 33 22 
So you've got these three branches from Isaiah 33, 22. There's your Bible influencing the frame of government. The reason why that's important is because they're distinct. They're using, the, they have their separation and distribution of powers. This is the frame of government that the Constitution has and every single state has. Now these states, whenever uh, the people created the federal government, the people did not give the legislature the power to regulate the exports of the states. So Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma, if you create or you sell beef, let's say, you've got a bunch of cows in Oklahoma. If Oklahoma has beef, Oklahoma can send beef to China. And there's nothing, nothing that the federal government can do to stop that export. So that's an export. If Oklahoma has beef, the beef goes to China, that beef to China is an export. If you read the Constitution, the Constitution does not grant the federal government the power to uh, control exports. The federal, the federal government, the legislature has the power to do what? Regulate commerce. Regulate commerce does not mean control. Let's show that in the dictionary. Hold on. I did a Bible study this morning, and so my... Dictionary is my Black's Law is under some other books. Let's read regulate. Let's find regulate. And by the way, um, words in the Constitution are for general meaning, which means they're not statutorily constructed. When lawyers and legislators write statutes, they mean explicitly what they say because they're specific grants of power. They're they're specific laws. General laws are understood generally. It's, it's what you would understand if you were in the general public because they're to be understood and construed generally. So whenever you read the word regulate commerce, the general understanding of regulating commerce at the founding of the nation was not the 3100 page National Defense Authorization Act that you've got today. So the historical analysis method of regulate gets us to understand or, you know what, I'll do one better. Where's my this? So I'm going to use the Black's Law Fourth to look up regulate. All right, where are we at? Regulate. Uh, to fix, establish, or control, to adjust by rule, method, or established mode, to direct by rule or restriction, to subject to government governing principles or laws. Okay. The power of Congress to regulate uh, commerce is the power to enact all appropriate legislation for its protection or advancement, to adopt measures to promote its growth, and ensure its safety. Come on, camera. Ensure its safety to foster, protect, control, and restrain, right? It is also power to prescribe rule by which commerce is to be governed and embraces prohibitory regulations. So it does not mean, right? It does not mean to get all up in everything. Like you can't have five parts plastic, two parts, whatever. Like it's, it's to what? To ensure its safety, to foster, protect, control, and restrain. It's again. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta look at these words. But when we look at the, so this is Black's Law Fourth. When we look at Webster's Dictionary, 
If I go to the 1828 word regulate in Webster's Dictionary, this is what regulate. To adjust by rule, method, or established mode as to regulate weights and measures. Now, regu regulate weights and measures, that's for consistency purposes. It doesn't change. It's not fluctuating. It's, it's weights and measures, right? Um, uh, to regulate our moral conduct by the laws of God and society. To regulate our manners by the customary forms. So there's, there's, a, there's an implication of history to put into good order as to regulate the disordered state of a nation or its finances, to subject to rules or restrictions as to regulate trade, to regulate diet, so to make regular, right? We're, we're, it's, it's, not a, it's not an absolute iron-fisted, we can tell everybody exactly what to do. It's to foster its growth, it's to promote its security and safety, but we have an administrative... We have an administrative state that uses this power of commerce. We have an administrative state that uses this uh, power to regulate commerce right here to control everything. And what I found off camera, and I, I, for the life of me, I can't find it again. The Export Control Act is the Congress controlling exports. I mean, it's the Export Control Act. Now this would be, and this, this is where I can't find the original. And you always want the original legislation because the original legislation is gonna give you the original legislative intent, which is gonna tell you exactly what it can do. And, and nine times out of nine, they're going to tell you uh, that this is uh, no provision in this act no provision in this act, and they're gonna say blah, blah, blah. No provision in this act shall be construed to go against the common law. No provision in this act can go against secured rights. No provision in this act, notwithstanding jurisdiction of the states. No, no provision in this act goes against you know, the constitution or um, no provision in this act can go against the law. When they say the law, they mean the constitution. And this is how the Congress used to talk. So the original legislation will use the language that they used back then that has been perverted today to get to where we have 3,100 page bills that are loaded up with CRT, godlessness, open borders, homosexuality, and all this stuff. Um, I don't have this. Uh, I have no guarantee of how long this will, you know, how long this will take me to find it. But basically, I'm looking for the original legislation of the Export Control Act. And when I get the original legislation of the Export Control Act, it will tell you. It will either tell you where the act comes from, so it's coming from some previous time that Congress has taken action to exp uh, to control this type of commerce, or it's, it's going to tell you at the very beginning where it says it's creating something. So it's either gonna say this is in reference to a previous statute or it's creating a new law. At which point, if it's creating a new law, search in that law for the exceptions, the prohibitions, and the times when the Congress is gonna say we can't do this against the law. And when Congress does that, 
Congress will tell you exactly we're not supposed to go against the Constitution. Now that doesn't happen today because today we have administrative law which allow these allows these people to do all sorts of stuff. So my purpose in all of this was to bring forward the idea of using your search capabilities to identify the original legislation for where things come from. So you have a almost $1 trillion defense spending bill come, come out of here. You have conservative champions like Thomas Massey, for example, who are railing against FISA courts. And FISA courts, let's just look at this. What's a FISA court? What is a FISA court? If we look at what's a FISA court, a FISA court is a foreign intelligence surveillance court. All right. Well, let's let's go to intelligence. Well, let's let's go to Wikipedia. They're more truthful than our own government. Wikipedia, the United States Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, right? Also called FISA Court, is a U.S. federal court established under the Federal Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978. So let's go to the Federal Intelligence Surveillance Act, Public Law 9551. Okay, let's go there. Public Law 9551. Let's go read that. Give it to me. Public Law 9551. Give me the PDF. Just get uh, 9551. Yeah, yeah. No stupid that. Just get, there we go. Here we go. So 9551, right? Here we go. Being enacted, Congress, this act may be cited as the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978. Okay, so to authorize electronic surveillance to obtain foreign intelligence information. So it's not claiming that it's coming from anywhere. Right, and notice over here where it tells you 50 U.S. Code 1801. This right here is the coming from the Administrative Procedures Act, which is reclassifying and recodifying legislation. You see how this bill right here is Public Law 9551. It's also got its own nomenclature for the Congress. So its own nomenclature. Let's see what that would be, because uh, I'm going to have to go backwards. Uh, this nomenclature. It's like going to be something stat something, right? Something stat something. But public law 95.511 is, is sufficient. But 95.511, this is the thing. Then we're looking up here and it says electronic surveillance within the United States. I'll just go ahead. I'll, I'll show you the cheat. And, and don't do this, by well, so I'm not going to show you. I'm not going to show you the cheat. But it's going to tell you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And then this is where it defines all the words. So you see these words are, are being defined because it's statutory. The Constitution doesn't do this. The only time the Constitution defines a word is treason. That's, that's it. It doesn't define any other words because it's used generally. The language in the um, Constitution is general. But you recognize that this is 16. And then it's going to tell you what it can do. right? Electronic means and it does this. And it goes on to define... Um, you know, here's here's all the the stuff. So, um, conspiring any person who so it's telling you who's supposed to be under the jurisdiction of this. And already there's a bunch of lawlessness built in this. I'm blowing by because I'm trying to find. See, look at this. United States person means a citizen of the United States, an alien lawfully admitted, all this other kind of stuff. Um, but does not include a corporation or an association which is a foreign power as defined in subsection whatever. So it's defining all the stuff. Here we go. Notwithstanding any other law. That's it. Notwithstanding any other law. Well, what's that mean? 
What's that mean? And this is, this is how if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to blow right past that, notwithstanding any other law. Well, what other laws do you have? You've got your bills of rights, and this is the you know this is the, the the U.S. government. You've got your right to the people to be secured in their persons, papers, houses, effects. Uh, you've got the on the Fifth Amendment. You've got the right not to be deprived of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law. This is constitutional due process of law. This right here. Oh shoot. This right here. No no no. Where'd you go? This right here is saying notwithstanding any other law. That right there. That right there is your protection, notwithstanding any other law. Well, what's the law? Freaking Bill of Rights. It says I get constitutional due process of law. You can't take me into your stupid FISA court. Why? Because uh, this literally says not without standing law. And it will it will tell on itself. It will continue to say. Um, uh, okay, let's see if we can find it. So the attorney general, by the way, the attorney general was a was an office created by the Judiciary Act. So I mean, let's let's just do that. Let's just do that. Let's let's find. So this this law right here. Now watch this. This law is is talking about the attorney general. So look at this. Where was the attorney general created? Let's do the uh, Judiciary Act of 1789. Right. And this this is just. It's it's just studying, folks. It's it's the time it takes to study. We want the original. Is this the original? Nope. You want the original. You don't want fake. Here we go. You don't want fake. You want the real. We'll just go attorney general. Right? There's one time it's used. Attorney General. And there shall also be appointed a, a meet person learned in the law to act as Attorney General for the United States, who shall be sworn or affirmed to a faithful execution of his office. This is the duty. Whose duty it shall be to prosecute and conduct all suits in the Supreme Court, which the United States shall be concerned to give his advice and opinion upon the questions of law when required by the President of the United States or when requested by the heads of other departments touching any matters that may concern their departments and shall receive compensation for his services and shall be provided by law. That's the job of the Attorney General. That's what the Attorney General is supposed to do. Does the Attorney General do a lot more than that? Yes. The Attorney General does a ton more than that. How do we know? Because here's the Congress giving the Attorney General that it created over two, you know, 200 years ago, right? This is September 24th, 1789. September 24th, 1789. The very end of the Judiciary Act is creating this office. The very end of the Attorney, uh, the very end of the Judiciary Act is where the Attorney General is created and there's his job description. And yet here you have almost 200 years after that in this law right here saying the president through the attorney general may authorize electronic surveillance without a court order under this title to acquire foreign intelligence information for periods up to one year if the attorney general certifies in writing under oath that. So the attorney general is going to have to swear by affidavit, swear under oath that there's stuff going on. But you recognize how Congress is loading up the Attorney General with all these powers? This is how they do it. But if you go back to the very first time the Attorney General is supposed to be doing something, this is it right here. 
Isn't that just crazy? I mean, like, like that's when when you when you understand. I guess so. To 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 kind of recap, at the very beginning of this stream, I said, "Lord willing, I'll be able to show you how the sausage is made." You have a National Defense Authorization Act that's almost one trillion dollars of spending. It's got all sorts of stuff that has nothing to do with national defense. I've shown you the National Defense Authorization Act comes from 1961, and before 1961, I, I failed to show, but I know. It's, it's a derivation of the Export Control Act because selling arms and equipment is what is now being done in our military in the name of national defense. And the national defense is really propping up and doing all of this World War II global order stuff, which is not the granted powers of the Congress. And the Congress, whenever it creates the Judiciary Act of 1789, created the Attorney General with very narrow um, uh, duties and responsibilities. And so almost 200 years after the Attorney General was created by the Congress, the Attorney General is given the ability to what? You remember what, I, what it said? May authorize electronic surveillance without a court order. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And so the Attorney General, created by the Judiciary Act of 1789, the U.S. Congress never granted the Attorney... The U.S. Congress's original legislative intent was not for the Attorney General to file... Uh, to to um, authorize court orders against people without warrant or without a court order. Was that, like that, that literally is not in the statutory construction. If you go back to the statutory construction, that's not in there. Is that in here? No. No, it's not. So already you're looking at something that is a growth of the power. Now, to understand what's going on, the Congress... Let's go back to our camera here. The Congress... If the Congress is going to pass a legislation... So let's say the Congress passes the Judiciary Act of 1789. And the Judiciary Act created the Attorney General. Okay, I think I said that yesterday. If the Judiciary Act created the office of the Attorney General, then the Judiciary Act that created the office defines the office. The legislature can't come back and add on to this with another act. They can't say Judiciary Act 2, and then in Judiciary Act 2, they can't say uh, all of Judiciary Act 1 plus, and then boom, 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 boom. They also can't come back and say, amend, boom, 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 boom. Why? Because this act right here is an act of that Congress. If this is the Congress of 1789, the Congress has to come back and say, we're going to uh, completely repeal that, and then we're going to start Judiciary Act 2 from scratch. But this is not what they do. 
what they do is they say, we're going to take all of the Judiciary Act and we're just going to add this clump. We're going to add that clump. We're going to add this clump, this clump, this clump. We're just going to start adding. We're just going to start adding clump to clump, clump on clump, clump on clump. And so all of a sudden, you've got all of these cancerous growths on top of the original. Original, I can't even spell. Original. The original is what the law is. All of these here are going to be going against what the original legislative intent was, which is why the Congress back in the day told you why they're doing what they're doing, which is why it's important to find the original legislation because they will tell you the original legislative intent. So when we talk about how to fight the war for the law, it's you have to understand the frame of government. I would direct your attention to go uh, learn from Dave Jose on Twitter. It ends with for you, real Dave for you, real Dave cares for you, for you. Um, you have to understand the frame of government. When you understand the frame of government, understand how these people freaking play the game. The way that the lawyers and the legislatures, the lobbyists and the special interests play the game is like this. They'll write their act and then they'll add to their act over time. And so what we've got here is that the legislature has the National Defense Authorization Act, right? They've got this, and they're loading it up with CRT and godlessness and evil and anti-America. They've got all this stuff, anti-America. And then over here they say, for the troops. They say all of this is for the troops. They say that national defense authorization is for the troops and must security. So here you go, here's for the troops and here's for must security. So for your security and for the troops, you're doing all this godlessness, you're gonna create this stuff and it's just worth a big pot of stupid freaking money. But where did this come from? The National Defense Authorization Act of fiscal year 24 came from 1961 where they've just been doing it for how many, how long is that? 70 years ish, 60 years, 60 years. They've been doing this crap. And then before 1961, what were they doing? They were doing something. How long has Congress been doing this? I believe it's coming from the export control act of 1940. When I find the original legislation of the export control act of 1940, it will tell you where this comes from. And it will tell you in that Export Control Act what the original stuff is for, which means that whenever the original Legislative Control Act is telling you what it's for, it means it is not for this. You can't have the original Export Control Act, which by the way, the, Cong the Constitution doesn't give the federal legislature the ability to uh, say that you can't uh, control exports. You can regulate commerce but the exports are coming from the states. If the states are saying we're an express public trust and we want our we want our people to go make money, the US federal government has the ability to regulate commerce. That's not to control our exports. It's it's a it's there's there's a that's where the violation is. The violation is right there. The violation is using this, the power to regulate commerce, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. It's using the power of regulating commerce to do this right here. Something about the states. This is somewhere there is the violation, but they realized that they could get away with it over time, which is why they now do this. 
So this right here, the FISA, which we just found, right? The FISA did this. The FISA uses the attorney general to do a, a freaking FISA court, with the, which is a court with no warrant. Or, or excuse me, a court with no order. So how do you get intelligence collection with a court without an order with an attorney general whose the office was defined in this? You see how they, they do this? They, they create something. They create something in the Judiciary Act. They create the attorney general with his uh, duties and descriptions. And then they come down here 200 years later. They build on top of it, right? They're building on top of it after people hate Jesus and we stop having marriage and we abort our babies and we open our borders and we do all this stuff. And then now we're over here writing the stupid NDAA 24. NDA 24 and see how it's built on all this wretchedness that doesn't identify the original legislative intent. You always need to go back to the original. Always need to go back to the original. So when we talk about how to fight this war for the new information, there will be people that will say, trust the plan. There will be people that say that the military's in control. I believe that it's rebuking and getting out from underneath the trained perception that we have when people are saying, um, you know, look at this. Look, it's the radical left is destroying America. Chuck U. Schumer, he's, you know, he's doing bad stuff. He's he's going against America and they're passing the FISA bill. And did you see the CRTs involved with the stuff? Yeah, of course. But you ain't gonna stop it. Not 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 you you aren't going to stop it playing the normal game. You're not. You can't conservatism them to death. You can't say vote Republican to change things. You have to understand where where their stuff comes from, understand how the sausage is made. And, and when you learn, and I would encourage you to go learn from Dave Jose, when you do this, you send notice and affidavit. Let me, let me do this. The way that I would do this, where's my pen? The way that I would do this, get, get off. When I do this, boom, boom. The way that I would do this is we the people, come on camera. We the people, it really got blurry on me. We the people have our rights. Wow, camera, you really got stupid. We the people have our rights and we send notice and affidavit. Oh, come on. Basically, you send notice and affidavit directly to the people in government. You tell them what the law is and you hold them accountable where they are. And that's that's what Dave and his people are doing. That's what we do is we, we push, um, we tell people to send notice and affidavit directly to their people of what the law is. But in order to understand what the law is, you have to swim upstream to the first time that the bill is published. And when you do that, now you can see where the Congress will tell you what it's doing. And then you're able to say, uh, government today, you're doing this. But the Congress that created you said that you had to do this. Why are you doing this? Because you going against the original legislative intent is actually now violating my right. Because if you have your secured rights and you, you, you defend them like, like property, you can tell the government and you should tell the government you are violating my rights and the powers you're using you don't even have because the people that first gave you those powers didn't say that you can do what you're now doing. 
But it's because they build on themselves year after year after year after year, the, the political commentary class, the champion politicians, will address right, what's right in front of your face. They'll only address the radical left is destroying America. But they won't equip you with go search out the original legislative intent. That's the hard work. That's the stuff that is not readily available. The Export Control Act of 1940 is not just readily available. You're going to have to dig for it. And in order to get to the Export Control Act of 1940, I had to dig for it. So that's a lot harder than, did you see that Section 702 of the FISA Court is still in the National Defense Authorization Act? That's not conservative. Oh, come on. Come on. Amen. Folks, let's roll the rock. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus died for our sins. He was put on the cross. He was put in the ground after he died and he physically rose from the grave. When you believe the gospel, you need to obey the gospel. The obedience call is that if you want salvation from your sin, if you want the blood of Jesus to wash over you and to cleanse you to where you are going to be with him for eternity, you need to obey the gospel. Jesus says you must be born again. You must believe. I did a Bible study today about baptism. Baptism is not a work. It is the heart's pledge. It's, it's, the, it's the sign that says, I'm obeying you. I'm doing what you want me to do. Be born again. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other name that saves. There is nothing else that saves. Confess your sin. People will say, well, I believe the gospel, but they don't want to tell people that Jesus has conquered their porn addiction. They'll say that, well, you know, I'm born again, but they won't say, no, Jesus has conquered my pride or he's, you know, the Holy Spirit is sanctifying me in my pride. Confessing your sin is a spiritual, um, it's a spiritual mile marker of how Christ has conquered death, how Christ has conquered the sin. You saying your sin, you are an expert of your sin. When you confess your sin, you are declaring that Christ has conquered the thing that has damned you. My sin, when I sin, I deserve to go to hell. When I confess my sin, I'm telling everybody that Jesus has conquered the thing that would have me in hell for eternity. That's spiritual conquest. That is victory. You have to see it like that. You need to say, the thing that has damned me to hell for eternity, Jesus not only destroyed, but that's his glory, that now he can do the same for you. Which is the invitation. The invitation is that while Jaron is a horrible person, and I deserve to go to hell, Jesus, while I was still his enemy, found me, he made himself known, and I was born again. I was baptized in his name, I confessed my sin, and now I follow him. Many people will add doctrines. They'll like to pull scriptures and say, well, this is how it is. Just follow Jesus. If Christ is your king and he tells you to do something, do it. Do it. I don't know what the argument is. If Jesus says you must do something, do it. So then we need to follow him. And this is where there's going to be a lot of people, the backs and forths, the denominational speaking. It's as simple as you must be born again. It's as simple as you must believe the gospel. It's as simple as confess your sin, be baptized in his name, follow what the Bible says, read the Bible, believe the Bible, do what the Bible says. 
It's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing to be born again because you are no longer bound. You're no longer bound by uh, the world's thinking, the dogma, the doctrines, the academics, the, the personalities, none of that. You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. Believe the gospel, my friends. One of the best ways you can help me is um, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. We talk about it all the time. It's a beautiful way to help me. Uh, appreciate your time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Don't ever quit. Go to war. Thank you.